0: Hi everyone and welcome to Intent, a podcast of conversations between myself, Jim Sutton and Steve Rouse, who's a good friend and colleague. Each week we're deliberate in talking about our own lived experience and we're intentional about how that connects with our faith. Does church help? Does it hinder? And does Jesus ever get a look in? Today, well, it was a bit of a wandery, waffly one really, touching on difference, disconnections and the dread of anyone seeing us as we really are what labels do others put on us or we on them and do any of them help as ever you can get in touch by email to jim at ballambaptist.co.uk with things that have connected with your experience or where you find yourself we'd love to hear from you but for now here's the chat how are you
1: doing you shouldn't ask. you
0: shouldn't ask it in no, way. no 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 fair enough fair enough good uh, so if we all just stop caring and we stop asking it,
1: stop caring? can we all just stop
0: caring can we all just stop caring just always
1: ask what do you think of the weather <laughs> well i mean it's, it's the
0: other cultural thing of like sometimes you don't understand the question either so like um or americans and australians like um like if they first come to the uk like when people say to them "Oh, are you all right like they'll just be like flawed by that question because they're like am i all right am i actually like they, they don't take it as like just a just a nothing greeting that you don't actually have to respond to they'll actually kind of do a do a thing of, am I my right? but it's the same like i mean australia's got them like if, i don't know you, you're more like most likely to have in australia someone come up and say how are you going or how are you going um but like the first time you get asked that question like what on earth are you talking about mate like what what do you mean how am i got I'm, I'm on how my I legs i'm walking on my leg like it's just like <laughs> i understand it cultural nonsense but anything else there's,
1: yeah well those cultural things are funny aren't they because you it's funny you say about because obviously being married to sarah as an aussie i kind of think i'm trying to think of the guy's name there's a there's a guy involved in cricket as a i only know him now as a as a, a as a what do you call him presenter or whatever commentator Mm. and everyone reckons he's he's hilarious. And I'm like, I've watched – um, oh, what's his name? He's, I was just trying to look him up. Oh. Troubles, if I look him up, it'll he'll, he'll start playing. That won't be clever, will it? <laughs> um, but it, 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 he cracks all these jokes, like as a uh, – he's called Scully. Do you know him? Scully?
0: Scully. Oh, no. I know, He's a I former
1: know. kind of – not particularly successful, but former spin bowler for – the Australian team, but he, what, he, like, he, he... he's not Joel Scully off Neighbours, is he? Like, that's the only <laughs> skeleton I kind <can't> of <laughs> know. I, I don't think so. But he, huh. he cracks these jokes, and I'm like, is that... That doesn't seem even that funny. And yet the people around him, his Aussie mates, like, you'll often see him, like, Shane Warne or others sitting around him, they're absolutely floored by him. And I think, but he do not don't So then I've started to think, so I you know, on one of those kind of um YouTube trails, you go down, you you look at it thinking, surely one of these is going to be really funny and it's not. And you think, am I missing something culturally? Like, am I just missing something that even, because I've always thought that Australian culture is somewhat similar to British culture and therefore things will be, you, you'll understand one yeah, another. Yeah,
0: translatable in some sense, yeah.
1: Yeah, but when I listen to that, I think, man, humour, I'm not sure how to describe it. I'm like, I don't think I quite get that.
0: <laughs> In terms of, it's a bit too highbrow. A <laughs> bit. Yeah, I, the- I, but I mean, I get that. I mean, I think humor humor is so um, subjective, isn't it? And the things that you find funny or the things that resonate with you are they're so um, they're so personal, I suppose. I mean, it's like what's I don't. I mean, heck knows how many million. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody listening, but. I don't know how many million people watch like Mrs. Brown's boys. Um oh, right. yeah. and I don't know if you've ever watched that or if you're a massive fan of it or anything else like that. I mean, I I've watched like a probably a combined ten seconds in my lifetime of that show. And for all of that ten seconds I've just wanted to like stick pins in my eyes and like, I don't yeah. know, just punch myself in the ear or whatever. It's just kind of like this is I don't know, I've come up with those things to do. But like, you know, it, it's just like what? Why would you? Why would you ever make yourself watch this? Like, I, you couldn't pay me to watch this. This is awful. No. But but clearly millions of people find it hilarious, and it's like okay, so we we are we are different. And I think there's there's something about like difference where it's like we're happy. We're happy. It's really easy to be happy to live in a different and diverse and um, yeah, kind of a, a world of all all shapes and sizes in every kind of sphere of whatever, every spectrum. But Actually, it's it's much easier when everyone's just a bit like you, you know, it's it's much easier to exist in a world where the only people you speak to are, are like the things that you like. If you listen to people who are funny in the way that you like them to be funny and engage, I don't know, like in, engage in a vulnerable in the way that you want them to be vulnerable, you know, or whatever, you know, like all of those kind of things. It's always so much easier to, to be in a smaller place. And yet there's there's got to be something gained from being with people of difference and being exposed to that. But. I just really hope that having to watch hours and hours of Mrs Brown's Boys is not the way to get there because I th- I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I'm it. with
1: you on that. I've watched very very small chunks of it. and I'm like I I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's like whereas my one of my younger brothers he he, he really loves it. How does <laughs> like, he? I'm like I I just don't I don't see it at all. But I think there's something interesting in that because I think you know. Whatever community you're a part of, I suppose, like I'm trying to think of it for different organisations. I mean, I'm obviously easy to think about it in terms of church life that um, we talked the other week about Philip and I always remember the, the Christian writer and he, he, I remember him saying that in, in his own search for understanding about church community, he said initially he looked for churches that were full of people that were like him then he said he looked for churches where people wanted to approach their faith like he was quite into sort of quite an academic approach to things and he wanted it to be like that and he said it took him years to realize that actually church is about being with people that are different from you and I think I think um that and I suppose you know like for him what he meant by that was he ended up being part of a I think a city church where there were all sorts of uh, personality types and 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 people from all over the world all, all you know all of that in the mix but he said that felt to him like this is what God had in mind like to bring together people that are different um and and in order that you try and learn to practice together loving each other living together and all the rest of it which I i'm in like i would say i am in. <laughs> i want i want to do that but when when the rubber hits the road kind of thing you you've got to i don't know whether you need like do you reckon you need kind of almost like a it's probably the wrong phrase but like almost rules of engagement I as mean, we like you, you need an understanding around it
0: yeah maybe because
1: you can you, it can be like um otherwise otherwise what happens i think is you 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 relate at a very surface level. It can happen in family life, I think. You can relate at a very surface level because basically nobody wants to fall out with each other because nobody likes conflict or disagreement or whatever. Mm. But I think where the gold is or where the depth of relationship is, is in trying to learn and listen to one another that you might appreciate. One another's story, or one another's point of view, or whatever, whatever it might be.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, like it's church. Church for me, as a community, it's been it's been fundamental in terms of helping me meet people that I would almost certainly never have kind of interacted with. Well, not never, but like you know, it 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 means that you get to be in a relationship with people for whom you'd struggle to, to kind of, yeah, to, to even just stumble into a relationship with them. I mean, like thinking about where we are in, in the community here in Ballon Baptist Church that, um, oh, I don't know, like coming coming to London when I did whenever it was through 2010, um, I was working as a, I was a secondary school teacher, teaching maths um, in, yeah, in, in around South London. And doing that, it's it'd be very easy to just kind of be hanging out with People who are also teachers um, in the kind of realm that I was in—that that was from a fairly narrow band of of people—and and that kind of thing—I would I would never have, I would, aside from church life, I would never even if I like got involved in like a music group or club or band or um, like a running group or whatever or a sports team. I'm never going to stumble upon a group of a, a couple dozen uh, West Indian old ladies in terms of being in meaningful <laughs> relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you like within church life, that's, that's possible, you know, mm-hmm. to, to meet, to meet people like that, to meet, to meet those from, um, different backgrounds and communities that you, you're simply not going to meet in other parts of life for other people, they could spend their entire work in life, um, and personal life, um, without kind of interacting with children um and to just kind of see them as people you see in the street and whatever and in church life you can be engaged you can um Mm. yeah you can learn from a whole kind of different generational viewpoint that it's really easy to isolate yourself from and i suppose insulate yourself from and i suppose that's that's what we do left our own like um our own kind of natural um instincts is that we seek safe places because you don't like I spoke, I'm sure like somebody who's done some proper research and knows stuff about like biology and history and um, I don't know, genetics and evolution and whatever is so that there's probably something very animalistic about seeking safety and seeking refuge and seeking a place where you're not going to be challenged. Um because the people all around you kind of think like you and they're not going to start a conflict or anything else like that they're going to do something that is in some way going to bring you into danger so we probably naturally seek out those who look like us or a bit like us or in some way we can find some grounding point and maybe even in church life that that that's what we seek we seek people who understand the bible in the way that we understand it we we see we try and find people who understand um yeah our, our connection with our faith and spirituality in the same way as we understand it you know like we we try and find a church community that's the right flavor that doesn't have too much liturgy or not enough liturgy in terms of like red words or anything like that or they play the songs that we want them to sing or it's like oh I like that church because they play the songs that I like to sing or I like that church because they the message is in a way that I like to hear it and whatever and I'm not going to say that all of that's bad or whatever but like you just you can end up just um just choosing things which which suit you um i mean we're in a very kind of consumer kind of world but it it it's in 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 some sense it's all the more precious the places that we can find that difference it's all the more precious when we find ourselves in places where those differences can be recognized and and like you say listen to and, and learn from um because if we don't like we all end up we all end up poorer like we feel we feel very safe and very comfortable but we haven't kind of yeah we we haven't learned anything
1: it just makes me i mean I, i think there are times when i feel motivated by that and that's the sort of community i want to be a part of and i want to um what's the phrase i want to kind of yeah just belong to because i think i've seen the benefits of it having been with our church community over the years i just think It's probably taught me and opened my eyes to so much more than I've done the other way around in some ways, you know, just by being in a, um, yeah, a diverse community in so many different ways, whether it's diverse because of people's ages or because of their ethnicity or, you know, whatever, sexuality, whatever it might be. Um, And I think, well, what are the kind of, what makes that work in some ways because there are other times when I think oh this is ridiculous you know this can't work you know it's much easier if you just find a bunch of people that um believe what you believe like you'll get people within the church church life who'll say you know if you ask them about their church say oh we're a we're a bible believing church and my understanding is what they mean by that is well as long as you believe (laughs) as long as you believe the bible in the way that we do you you know you'll be okay kind of thing you'll Mm -hmm. be in yeah, and I think how is it possible to, um, yeah, to be with to to learn to adopt posture whereby you you come to this group of people. What are the things that kind of, uh, what would be the you know what are the boundaries of that kind of community that enable it to genuinely be a community of people that are different from one one another? Whereby you can disagree with each other or you can work things out together and mm. still. You know, still almost like a like I don't know, but it's a good analogy, or not but like two boxes at the end of a fight, they kind of you know hug each other and you know they move on sort of thing. I don't know where that's yeah. Mm. But but that feels, and I think is that important at the moment, like going forward from here. For, for, it's interesting that um, there's that. Have you seen that Carlsberg advert? um the most well i don't know if it's the most recent but the one that sticks in my head is where they whether it's a setup thing i don't know but they you know they bring people into a space that are in pairs that are opposing each other and it suddenly gets exposed that they hold you know very different views from each other but then they're invited to make a choice they're invited to either they can walk out the door and go home. They don't have to engage. Or, I mean, it's an advert, so it's you know, it's promoting something. But they 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 pull up a drink, sit at the table, and talk and listen. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? It's just interesting mm. that.
0: And it and it's Carlsberg.
1: It is Carlsberg. So, yeah.
0: how, how many drinks do they have before they stop listening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, have enough. You start telling somebody anything.
0: Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think, like, what's the, the Carlsberg habit that sticks in my head is that old one of, um, was it? It's that pub football team one where it's all like, all like ex professionals and whatever. It's like, what it? the old, what's the old, was that old phrase of like, if Carlsberg did whatever, it'd probably be the best whatever in the world, you know? Like, it's the, like, it's, it's got like Bobby Charlton in it and whatever. Um, just all these old boys turning out. But yeah, I think like that, yeah, being, I think I think it's that thing of I don't know humanity, like to see somebody else as a person rather than a label. Mm. Um, that if you're confronted with somebody who's who's different, and that you you see them as a person and not as a different thing, you see them for for their person, for their humanity, rather than for their point of difference. That like I I see somebody as being oh I don't know, I see somebody as. I don't know, Una or their, their Cecilia instead of seeing them as people who come from very different life backgrounds and situations mm. that I do or being in very different life seasons to, to yourself. It's very easy to see people and write them off, whether that's for their, their age or their color of their skin or, like you say, their sexuality or their life choices or whatever. That, that It's easy to kind of see that. And that's the label that frames how you're going to interact with them or how you're going to listen mm. to them or whatever. You've made your mind up based upon a label um, and yet I think when you when you see someone as a person that fundamentally shifts how you interact with them um and I think that's yeah, I think that's that's so important, like you say like is is that how how can these things be useful moving forward? I think we live in this world that is increasingly going increasingly becoming and maybe it always has been, but like polarized in terms of mm. right and wrong or um like brexit or leave or kind of kind of being more conservative in your politics or more more left-leaning or whatever that it's kind of like you we we're so often forced or there is this pressure to adopt a position to put your line in the sand and then kind of go from that point i think it's as ever you can see your worst points in other people more easily so like if we look across the pond at say like america um like you're forced to kind of take a position you you are you um republican or a democrat now you you're forced to kind of take that leaf and root and branch kind of thing, not the leaves, root and branch, um, and kind of run with it. So where where's the place for somebody who's who would kind of be Republican on most things, but would then be kind of um kind of pro choice on abortion and life and that kind of thing. There's nowhere for them to go. Um you you you're then kind of you're just thrown out into this limbo into this no man's land kind of thing. Um and kind of like, I, I don't think, I mean, like we, um, I think like the things of like canc- cancel culture and and that kind of thing, it, it, this to, to my understanding, I mean, like to, in some ways, I don't really understand. I mean, I'm just going to r- reveal that I don't really understand what cancel culture is in the same way that like all of these people that kind of talk about wokeness and whatever really struggle to articulate what woke means. Um, but like this kind of, for for me, the way I've heard it or whatever, the way I've tried to work it out in my own brain by reading a thousand um, combative and rude arguments on Twitter between people is kind of like that people need to be exactly the person you want them to be. And as soon as they're they're different in one little part of their life, then, then you've been the lot of them kind of thing. Um, as soon as something's kind of revealed that makes them appear an idiot to you uh then then the entirety of kind of their existence is meaningless kind of thing.
1: Is that um, what wokeism is?
0: No, kind of the council culture kind of thing. Council that's kind cu- of like, yeah, like no, as, yeah. as soon as somebody kind of reveals um they don't think about something the way that you think they should or whatever, yeah. or they, they've they've had some oh I, I can't even think of a, a good example, but um like something has happened and they've reacted or done something in a way that was problematic. Um and therefore the entire their entire body of work or life is no longer meaningful to you or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's it's kind of like, I, I, I think we we need to recover the sense of humanity because else we just see somebody as a bunch of labels and as soon as they're not quite wearing the right labels, then we, we just kind of tear them all off and, and mm. kind of, I don't know, whatever analogy I'm talking about, I've lost it now, but like, you know, they just screw it up and throw it away. Um, but to see them as a person first, to see the humanity in them, and then you try and understand the world from their perspective, whether you agree with it or not. And I think that's been my approach in, I don't know, kind of in in life. And I think it's it's been very easy. I've grown up in a very white centric, um, lower middle class um, environment, kind of where I grew up down in Devon, maybe. And um, therefore, when you see people from outside of that kind of experience, then it's very easy to i don't know to 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 see them as other and to see them as a label or whatever you know like move into w- growing up in that world like kind of like your your, your butt of playground jokes are, are kind of race or um gender or yeah. sexuality or or even kind of like englishman irishman scotsman kind of jokes yeah. you know it's kind of like at that level um it's always using a label as a butt of a joke kind of thing but then like you, you're you exposed and you grow up and you, you have more life experience and particularly moving to London kind of thing, you're exposed to all kinds of things that you you would have easily taken a, made a snap judgment on before. But if you allow yourself to get to know human being kind of thing, that kind of like um, working, I don't know, it, just in working life, if you work with people who, um, who are part of, I don't know, yeah, who who's either background is different or their sexuality is different, and you you get to know them as a human being, you stop being a, like that kind of that that little. There's a little disconnect in your own thought process in terms of the way that you'd previously labeled them that in terms of to be able to say oh because of that choice that that I kind of think that they've made about this or their action or the way that they see the world I don't know politically if somebody's more conservative than you then it's easy to go oh well they must be a stupid idiot kind of thing and I won't talk to them but if you know them as um, I don't know as, as Leanne or whatever then they're a human being and they—they their political judgments may be based upon the things that they're worried about and the things that matter to them and their life history and those kind of things. And I think that's true of sexuality. Mm. Um, and well, lo- lots of stuff, but for particularly sexuality, that um, it's as you get to know people whose life experience of, of say, for example, being gay um, and hearing that story, then that affects the way that that all of those kind of playground butt of joke comments had kind of previously set your mind up that actually you 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 are challenged in that and it makes you rethink it in the light of somebody's personal lived out experience because you see the humanity and the humanity in them is what shapes it rather than any sort of uh argument winning based upon i don't know facts with in inverted commas um and viewpoints and opinions it's it's hearing life experience and seeing the humanity in other people that that is Change the way I see things. I think. Sorry, that's very waffly, but
1: no, it's it's making me it's making me think. Hearing you talk is making me think. uh, It's quite good because you or I'm cycling back in my mind, thinking what sort of happened to me, as it were. Like you, you hinted at it earlier that you know we both shared this in the podcast before about you know both having grown up in sort of smaller towns out on the coast, as it were. Me up in Essex or whatever, and you and and Cornwall, and I think you. Like London, I don't know, it's, yeah, i I've said it before, but like, you know, you, and you said it again today, like the humour in the playground I grew up in, the culture was, culture's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it does sort of, re, it presents you with these stereotypes of diff, people that are different. And yet when you actually meet people, you realise that within any, whatever you call that, within any people group, it's like when I first, when I first, Got involved with the church at Balam, which in, you know, back in sort of the end of the 90s was incre well, it still was a predominantly um black church. So when I went home to Frinton and they asked me about the church that we'd settled in, and I told them about it. People immediately said, oh, it must be really lively. Um, and they expected it to be sort of um quite quite Pentecostal type approach Mm -hmm. so they they imagined this sort of whatever they had in their minds in terms of the you know the singing or the nature of it Mm -hmm. and I thought it was funny because I thought well no it's and was I surprised by that perhaps I was but I thought no it's not like that at all um now that you know there's a nuanced thing because you you realize that part of the reason perhaps it wasn't and I'm not saying it you know could be but it's simply that Mind that getting to know folk who were perhaps what we get referred to as that sort of first or second generation was that they 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 pl- try to be very careful not to upset the apple cart. So therefore, perhaps weren't themselves Um, because if they stood out too much, it it'd draw too much attention and possibly get attacked in some way, whether that's verbally or sometimes even physically. Yeah. So whether people's inacceptance of others has a has a as a way of kind of shaping and forming them that's not at all helpful. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, and I think I'm still learning after, you know, nearly 25 years of, I, I, I suppose I've, I've somewhere inside of me, I've naturally adopted a kind of posture of, I need to be really humble in my approaching of people and really careful to listen or whatever whatever it is you know it's like I grew up in a church that made a big fuss about a lot of things in terms of was quite was very conservative I didn't realize at the time quite conservative and quite judgmental in some ways and you know even people not to the degree that some some people have experienced but for me like even around something like smoking for example it was like it was just such a big no-no so when I met people that smokes were inside of me i was i'd already made up my mind about what they were like sort of thing and how you know they were not they were not pleasing god or whatever i don't know whatever i'm not sure i've ever really articulated it but i think i don't know you the other thing that was happening alongside all of that for me was that i the more you learn about yourself and the more you realize like I, i i don't know whether it is a helpful phrase but i think when when the enemy, or whatever phrase you like, you know, when the enemy comes to kind of taunt you or haunt you or tempt you, um, you know, what tempts me, what stru- what are my struggles are, and not necessarily going to be the same as somebody else's. But when I appreciate the fact that I have my very much my faults and their you know, weaknesses and all the rest of it, and I struggle to deal with those, I've not got them licked at all. So, therefore, when you see somebody else struggling, you feel less, or I started to feel less judgmental and thinking, gosh, whatever, when that haunts them for whatever reason, when that comes to kind of take up residence in their mind and their thinking, um, the most helpful thing to do, it seemed to me in those situations was to try and be with people rather than bark at them about where they were going wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Um, I think, I mean, not that you obviously at times you need and you want a friend to kind of call you out and challenge you, but, don't know just meeting people that were very different struggle with different things it kind of made me hopefully less judgmental perhaps so i don't know yeah i
0: think i think there's definitely a way in seeing our experience in the lives of others that helps us grow in empathy towards them like Mm. you appreciate kind of Mm the road that you've been on and that we're all susceptible and and, I don't know whatever I mean, but there's, there's all there's, there's ill health in all of us and all of what we do. (laughs) Most of what I do is problematic for, for some ways for my own benefit or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, I think you're right that kind of a church community can be, can shut all of that conversation down. Can just kind of be like it, it's everyone is kind of holding their cards close to their chest because you don't want to reveal that you're different in a way that no one else has revealed yet. But you realize everyone has kind of got that quite often there's a lot of people in the room that have the same card as you. Um, but kind of nobody wants to be the one to kind of turn that around or to share it or whatever because no one else is. Everybody else just thinks everybody has it all together and everyone else in the room believes things in exactly the same way and everybody else is kind of in, in this sense or form or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And therefore it's, it's easier just not to talk about it. It's easier just to, just to turn up, sing your songs, hope they sing the ones that you want. And then you go home again. And um, hopefully you had a couple of biscuits along the way, you know, that's, <laughs> that's easy for church to be like that.
1: Well, I mean, we mentioned Philip Yance or I mentioned Philip Yancey earlier, just, and. Uh, but it may have been a phrase we've used on here before, but it's just, I I like what he says about how, you know, he wrote, when he talks about the church community, he said it. a friend of him described it as like an AA group, you know, an Alcoholics Anonymous group. He said the church should be a community where one, he said it was where one sinner holds the hand of another while we try and recover from this disease called sin. And I think I I like that. I like the kind of, the sense in which it's saying that you struggle you know we all struggle with our stuff but let's let's walk with each other as we try and overcome it i think part of the problems come for the church in that um i don't know i'm not not smart enough to but like when we tie ourselves into the state or whatever and we do all sorts of you know perform all sorts of things for in civic life it maybe is not helpful but you Generally, I think it's really, I think that picture of being a church community, holding each other's hand as we try and recover and try and gently, slowly move towards being a different kind of person and people, it's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd rather, rather than you than me, there'd be the one who tell a room pool of people who don't really know each other that well to hold hands. I mean, I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to go down well at all, I don't think that's going to go but, I think, yeah, it's just kind of how how much do we really want to be seen? How much do we really want to know? How much do we really want to, I don't know, how much do we really want to be transformed? Because unless we kind of were confronted with where we're really at, then you can never really change. You can never really change until you see a problem, can you? And like you say about kind of recovery and addiction and that kind of thing, that that nobody can really access support and help unless they really see that that to be an issue. But there's something in me that desperately wants once transformation like if jesus was talking about life in all its fullness you're kind of like well really i want to find out what that is and it should and it's definitely not well it's definitely more than just having a whole set of rules or the right way of seeing the world or the right set of ways of understanding god or whatever it's it's definitely more than that it's definitely more Mm. than just coming along to a particular place on a sunday morning and and singing the right songs or whatever like it's it's got to be more than that and therefore Mm. you want to give it you almost want to give it every chance and yet like we ourselves are our own worst enemies that sometimes we the church are our own worst enemy in trying to access that because we kind Mm. of we inhibit one another because of that kind of insecurity that we all have um about kind of revealing what's what's really going on but it's I think that's the challenge of life. It's a challenge of life. I don't think there's a, there's a perfect answer to it. So, I mean, off that, I think, yeah, I think it's probably easier if we just stop asking people how they are, stop actually wondering, and we'll just, um, maybe, just some sort of silent kind of gathering as a church service. Or <laughs> just, just do that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. it be very nice. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Who were the butt of the jokes in your childhood? And how's that experience shaped your view of people growing up? Let us know through gym at ballambaptist.co.uk. You may even find it cathartic. During the week, we're also two of the pastors of Ballon Baptist Church, and you can find out more about the church community on our YouTube channel or through Instagram at BallonBaptist. We'll see you next time.